Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, I am Keith Pazel. This is my podcast. We're here. We did it. I love all of you. I hope your week was good. hope it was grand. I hope we're sliding into a nice holiday. Sliding into the intro. The intro to the podcast. Uh, for got any first time listeners what we do here is uh i do a little bit up top you got me for about 10 20 minutes up top talking about soccer whatever the fuck i found interesting in my life this week and then uh i'll be joined by my good buddy adam crocious uh and we're gonna sit and watch a little fucking tv and shoot the shit uh but in the meantime you got me uh what happened think we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna i also watch a little tv while i do this intro i think i'm gonna throw on some of these villa highlights aston villa won two to nothing fairly easily against newcastle uh i kind of had a feeling it was gonna be a game like that where it was two nothing pretty quick like i think they scored i think two goals off two set pieces pretty easy newcastle's playing pretty hapless either they they kind of look like they've given up on steve bruce which i've been there as a Villa fan, we've been there in the giving up on Steve Bruce department. Uh, you had Target, Mings, Kanza, and Gilbert as the back line. Uh, Douglas Louise playing uh, on the not as the holding midfielder. You had Connor Horahan as the holding midfielder, and then McGinn on the left. And then your wingers were uh, Grealish on the left, Wesley up front, and then El Ghazi on the right. No marvelous Nakamba or uh Trezeguet which is interesting that was an interesting turn of events which I think shows what Dean Smith thinks of Newcastle because he was like I'm not fielding a full team against fucking Steve Bruce uh but you had Joelinton for Newcastle those are their big players you got fucking St. Maximin who is on the old hair power list uh, not only for his hair, but he actually is playing well. I think I'm going to have to fucking put Tyrone Mings on the hair list too because he is also playing off of his ass and deserves fair credit for doing so. Um, so, yeah, they won 2 to nothing. It honestly wasn't that exciting of a game. I was kind of bummed that I, I had to miss it. I was at work. But, eh, I mean, this is one of those highlight games where you really do you really want to see Newcastle fucking flopping about the field for 90 minutes i don't i mean i want to see villa win but i also want to watch a good soccer game and you know villa would kind of run in the table they were able to attack fairly easily whenever they wanted uh newcastle just kind of looked all over the place defensively so it was nice getting that three points i think they're 15th in the standings now 15th on point uh on goal difference Everton is below them. I think they have negative seven goal difference, and Villa only has a negative one goal difference. So that helps. Uh, three points short of being really cracking that top ten. The Premier League, that middle of the table is fucking packed this year. Sheffield United playing off their ass. There's a lot of teams fucking up in that shit. A lot of teams qualifying or in the run for that last European spot. Um. But yeah, other than that, there really wasn't anything too fucking exciting for match day 13 on the Premier League side. 
Tot- oh, well, actually, I'm kind of burying the lead. So Tottenham won 3-2 with their new manager, Jose Mourinho. So Tottenham fires Maurizio Pochettino, uh, which is fucking wild to me. Like, I get it. The results weren't what you wanted. And uh, since they went to the Champions League last year, I think they had lost like 16 or 18 matches, something, something in that range, which is fucking god-awful. Uh, so I get a change had to be made. But this was just, like, no preparation. Like, usually, even when you're on the hot seat, you get three or four games to lose before they actually, like, make the cut. Like, when Steve Bruce was about to get fired, you know, they hadn't won, I think they hadn't won any games in, I think, nine nine or uh, double digits. I think it was, like, 12 matches. They were winless. So it was on the cusp for a while, and I remember when they were six or seven winless, that's when his job came up and on the hook. And then once it, once it got into the double digits, I remember they lost to, I think it was Sheffield or like Brighton or some bullshit, like a lower league team, and that's when it was like, dude, you're fucking out of here. And I think later that day they had announced it, but this was... Uh, kind of not knee jerk, but it was just I woke up one day and just saw that Pochettino had been fired. Uh, and it wasn't usually what clubs do is they'll do like a parting of the ways where both people will sit at a table, and Pochettino will say that I decided to resign instead of saying that he got fired. It's a it's a face saving method to that you do with a coach that you respect. Like you fired them, but you don't want to fuck up their reputation and legacy so you say they resigned so I thought that's the route they were going to go with Pochettino but they fucking just canned his ass and they didn't make the announcement collectively they made the announcement as a board so that from what I'm reading means that uh, Poch didn't know this was fucking coming I mean I'm sure he knew it was coming but you give him the season you give them a chance. I still think they would have made the top four. I still think they're going to make the top four, but it's just because Jose Mourinho is playing with Maurizio Pochettino's toys. So, other than Villa smoking fucking Newcastle, that was the biggest the biggest news here in soccer, at least on the European side. Over here on the MLS side... For my Chicago Fire, it was a big week because they have unveiled their new rebrand. Everybody knew it was coming. They were fighting it. A lot of fans were fighting uh, the rebrand. I think they didn't want... The one thing fans were against was a total name change. uh, And they didn't get that. Uh, Slight name change. They're Chicago FC now, which I actually don't hate. Uh, they were Chicago Fire SC before, but no one ever said the FC. I just think they're throwing F- they're changing it to FC and actually putting it in the title of the team. But the big change was they changed the crest and the main colors. So the crest used to be uh, the Florian Cross, which is basically a symbol for a fire truck. Like basically the little symbol that's on every firefighter's helmet. That is what their fucking logo was. With a C inside of it. Uh, And they changed it to an oval logo. The first of its kind for MLS. Fucking groundbreaking. Always looking for the Chicago Fire to break ground. And they're doing it in the logo game as well. So it's oval. Uh, They're doing the Chicago crown thing. Where it's a 
a double inverted crown where there's a red crown facing down to represent the flames of the Chicago fire, uh, obviously. And then you have a flipped over gold crown representing the triumph over the Chicago fire. It also represents the Latin Kings. So the fire may have some bodies on their hands eventually. I'm not saying it's going to happen right away, but eventually you may have a body or two uh, on your hands. So, I mean, as long as you're cool with that, then, then fucking play on. I think the fire should just come out and be like, look, this has nothing to do with the Latin Kings. Like, that's what I never got. Ever, all these gangs that are shooting people over, like, random, you know, crowns and crosses and symbols. Just ask if this symbol like hey you see that crown you're wearing on your scarf is that some gang shit and they'll be like no it's from the soccer team i support and you'll be like oh gay and then don't kill them how about you do that all this assumption in the gang world is what i'm trying to stop so but a lot of i don't want to say a lot of fans are up in arms about it the the vocal fans are up in arms about it it wasn't received well from what i saw on twitter but then again, I think the people who d- dig it, you know, they just didn't say anything because they don't want to get caught up. That's the thing about a lot of the shit talky internet shit is it makes you feel like an asshole because like prime example, uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. And as you know, we're going through a little bit of quarterback turmoil. Uh, our guy, Mitch Trubisky has turned out to be a little bit of a bust. We could have drafted two potential Hall of Famers instead of him. Uh, but I was full bore Mitch Trubisky. Full bore, full support. And uh, and he hasn't turned out well. But I've been supporting him nonetheless. But then you have all of this like crazy internet hate against him. And like all of my friends talking shit about him. Just going off about how bad he sucks. And it shouldn't annoy me. Or anger me, but the only reason it does is because it makes me feel stupid, you know, because I supported him so hard and I told all my friends that he was going to work out and that he was going to end up being good. So when it ends up not working out, instead of just being like, yeah, I was wrong, he sucks. It makes me feel like they're attacking me. So whenever my friends fucking talk shit about Trubisky it kind of hurts just because it makes me feel like oh they're calling me stupid they're calling me fucking dumb uh which they're not that's just my fucking insecure comics brain eating me alive so I think there's a little bit of that with the Chicago Fire new logo and rebrand is there probably is a large contingency of the fan base that is fine with the logo and likes it like I was at one of them when they first debuted it I didn't hate it that was my initial response was I don't hate it I don't like it it's weird but I don't hate it and I still argue that the reason people don't like it so aggressively is just a familiarity thing because if you put a gun to my head and and I'm being honest with you I don't think that the Chicago Fire's old logo was that great or groundbreaking like it Like if you told someone like, oh, your favorite team is the Chicago Fire, what's their logo? And you're like, oh, you know the symbol that every firefighter wears? It's just that. Like you would think that a seven-year-old designed it of like, hey, you can make your own soccer team 
what do you want the logo to be? And the kid's just like, I want to be a firefighter. And you're like, all right, I guess. Like, that's what the, that's like what it is. So it's not like they had the greatest shit anyway. The only reason, it's just different. It's jarring. It's jarring to wake up and have uh, your soccer team that you do love. Because if you're that up in arms about it, you obviously love the fucking sport. You know, it's not like there's a bunch of bandwagon fuckers upset that the Chicago Fire changed their logo. Uh, So if you have that much passion about it, you love the team. And it's jarring to wake up and see something different. I told my friend who was who had mentioned said it was the worst logo in sports, which is not true. Um, I was like, dude, you're just not used to it. In two years, you're gonna look back on this and be like, yeah, it's a fine logo. It's you know, it's gonna be our logo. You'll wear it. You'll wear the fucking shit. So fucking just settle down, everybody. Just settle the fuck down. Sit back and enjoy some real football about to be played at Soldier Field. Don't worry, guys. It doesn't matter how the Bears are doing. Real football is coming to Soldier Field in the spring. And with that, uh, the real podcast is coming your way. Um, Don't forget to rate, review, all that other fun, nice shit. Um, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Keith Paisel, K-E-I-T-H-P-A-E-S-E-L. Adam Crocious is at Insecure Comic on Twitter and Adam Crocious on Instagram. One day we'll teach him how to work it. Uh, Without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Of course, the owners are such tight wads. The the union rules are totally different for preseason. They only do it just to line their pockets even more. It's just like how much money can you yeah. guys make? You know. Well, so, and I love how that guys get hurt and crap. That's their concession of, of people. Like they're like, we want a shorter NFL season, and they're just like, okay, we'll take away a preseason game, but we're gonna add a regular <laughs> season game. So it's, it's really not the net effect is zero. Doing anything, yeah. It's, but also, but what they have to do too, they have to have two buys. They used to have two buys like in 94, 95, used to have two buys for a brief time. And I remember not liking it at the time. No, it's a good idea. Guys have to heal up. You know, you have got to heal up. That's why the whole Thursday night game and coming up on Thanksgiving now, it's like that Thursday game is just, I think it's foolish. I mean, it, that to me is also a sign of a weak union, which is probably a theme we've had. You know, I basically have 13 stories, Keith. I don't know if you're aware of this. You've heard them all, and this is another one of mine, okay? so uh, But it's a truth. I wonder if the NFLPA being bad has to do with Gene Upshaw not being the head of it anymore. Well, G- Gene Upshaw was, you know, Gene Upshaw in the 80s. He was good. Well, but you know what he did, too? The big concession he made in the 80s, I think with the 87 strike, he got rid of guaranteed contracts. You know, baseball contracts yeah. are guaranteed. NFL contracts used to be guaranteed for a brief time, but because of the injury, problem the owners got rid of that and that, that was a real windfall for the, for the owners right right, oh, right, or, right. Not even as much for that as just the players didn't make as much money so you have a three-year you, you know you get in the nfl you think you're gonna make it it's like they're underpaid i still think the nfl is exploited oh absolutely well because then it, i think if you take into account that the average nfl career is four and a half to uh, five years yeah they should if pay that. they should pay the players well enough to where if if that because at worst that's what I mean at almost at best that's what your career is yeah. so you'd think they'd take into account that like well we should set these guys up to where they're set financially after five like if their career flops out after five years they shouldn't have to work again oh boy I, I don't know if that's going to happen but I mean I, I, they should certainly have a better financial situation you know oh there was a hold there had to have been a hold 
But but it just um we're watching the Patriots Cowboys, ladies the, uh, and gentlemen. Welcome t- to the podcast, <laughs> by the way. Exactly. Minute deep. We are. We're getting Whatever. warmed up having a conversation about the NFL union, how it's weak. They used to also get the majority of the revenue. I think they got 50, 54% of the revenue, and now they get like 48% of the revenue. So the owners get a, a higher cut of that, you know, so they don't, so their salaries are therefore affected. The, the median salary, the median salary of an NFL player, I think, is 800000 bucks a year. Median. That means 50% of the, of the, of the uh, players get right. paid less than that. Fifty percent get more. The average doesn't mean anything. The average is like over two million because you have Aaron Rodgers' contract and Tom Brady and stuff, and Kirk Cousins. But it's like no. Well, and I think know. that's what makes people blindly defend the owners in situations like this because that's when fans see shit like that and they're like, "See the even at, even the worst players making eight hundred grand. So why are they complaining about no. this, that, and that?" And it's just like, well. The owner's making this, (laughs) and they don't do shit. I know. It's just, (laughs) I mean, you're watching the sport to watch the players, not the owners. But it, it, uh, yeah, but that's the median too. That's the median. So fifty percent are below eight hundred thousand. I think the floor is four hundred eighty thousand dollars. So there's a bunch of players who make four eighty. Well, shit, that's almost a half a million dollars a year. Yeah, that, that's a decent wage when you're twenty three. That's a decent wage, but uh, you can burn through that money in a hurry. Also, you know? the healthcare shit you have to take oh, care yeah. of when you become after you become an NFL player. Like when you retire, you're gonna have knee surgeries and, and hip surgeries, and you're and just stuff. gonna have to go to the doctor more than a fucking person who retired from the post office yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it just I, yeah i think the the economics i mean i, I still think they're, they're uh they're underpaid i'm not saying it should be a ton more but you know median salary should be on a 1.1 million you know they should make some more, more cash than what they make but the union i think is uh is weaker than it was you know right because so, those original guys they were all like part of that spirit of the 60s and the 70s and they wanted to organize and they also knew they were getting their bodies beat up you know so they deserve to get paid some cash there was a unity in that man i don't think that exists on the, the whole star system is completely taken over so bring gene upshaw back basically you know, you know, <laughs> well, they shouldn't. Well, if if they can do that, they're they're masters of science. If they can do, oh, that. he's dead, right? Yeah, he's been dead for a while. All right, is he that the only cancer. thing that took him out? You know, that, that's a good point. I th- I don't even quite know his full story at the end of his life. Du- is, it, is it Dwight Smith? Not to be confused with former Chicago Cub Dwight Smith of the 1989 Cubs. Not Jerome Walton, but Dwight Smith. Not Lloyd McClendon, but Dwight Smith, who was also a rookie. Oh, uh, he, to he was, bring something. No, it means Demetrius Smith. I don't know. I wanted to mention something to you because last week we were talking about athletes that we hated. Yeah. Or maybe not on the podcast, but you did ask me if there was like an yeah. athlete I despise. Because yes. I was talking about how my generation doesn't have the sports hatred that yours did. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking hate Tim Tebow. He's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Dude, two days ago they posted a, a video of Tim Tebow feeding his dog a final snack before he put it down and he was like crying and shit. And I was just like, I don't hate Tim Tebow anymore. Like I was like, I can't hate him for that. Like that's just a pure human moment where I'm like poor Tim Tebow. Yeah. Like I felt really bad for him. Why? Well, yeah, hopefully his, dad, to, his dog's yeah. name was Bronco. Really? Yeah. He had to put his dog down, huh? Did that go viral? Was yeah. It, that's uh, how I found out about well, exactly. it. Okay. <laughs> it's not like I th- I'm following Tim Tebow I, I, I on thought, Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe I thought maybe you would be because you were just lying. You actually love Tim Tebow. No, I can't. You've stand changed him. 180 on Tim Tebow. Oh, I, I didn't necessarily hate Tim Tebow. I, I didn't. Really I just didn't like the religious shit, and I don't like the yeah. full of shit. I'm a virgin stuff. No, you're not, motherfucker. <laughs> Get out of here. You went to Florida. <laughs> think of think of being a stud football player at Florida. You know what I mean? You like fucking the, got your dick sucked, even if you were like, it, you got rape fucked at some point. <laughs> Well, something happened. happened. Something happened. He, he was hanging out with Aaron he probably Hernandez. Did anal or something, and that's and that didn't count. That didn't count. Jesus loophole. Oh God! In the ass. <laughs> Third input. It's the it's the it's well, the loophole. That, that that's my. <laughs> they call it the loophole, dude. Exactly. You know, you're. I tell you what, your generation. You love the ass. Love it, dude. That's I, I, that's one thing I've noticed about your generation. You love the ass. Well, we kick you know? started ass play, but there this generation Y really fucking leaped. They really like left. took it to even a higher oh, level. Oh, they that. walked on the moon. I, I, I we invented a, the rocket. They took that bitch to space. <laughs> well, ass play was always a thing too when I was growing up, of course. But it was a little more on the di- little more on the hush hush. Yeah, it, it wasn't put also, out with like Also, to pride. let you know, Crow, the levels, the board's good, so you don't have to worry about being loud or quiet. Okay, cool. Like you could cool. fucking let it rip, dude. Like <laughs> you could you could talk how you would talk like in a regular conversation. Good. good. Okay, I know, but I'm I'm watching. I'm kind of focused on the game too. Uh, the Patriots are now getting in their victory formation. I think now the little Cowboys are three timeouts. Yeah, Dak's got the fucking the jacket on, the cape on. He looks yep. fucking distraught. Yep. Patriots are going to win 13-9 despite the fact that their kicker missed two field goals. Got the 49ers game well, too. Well, yeah, with yeah, exactly. With the Patriots, the Patriots uh what they're doing this year reminds me of their first Super Bowl team, which was one with special teams and defense. They blocked a punt this game that turned into the This one, is the first year you know? they've had a truly great defense. Well, it's you know, well their defenses were very good back then too. Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy were very good in the in the defensive backfield, man. They were ball hawks. Lawyer Malloy, they, I will persecute you. <laughs> I think that I think they had like seven defensive touchdowns that year, which is a lot. If you have seven t- touchdowns coming from your D, like you can win games, you know. I looked up the uh, the box score of the the first Super Bowl they had against the Rams. Brady threw for 145 yards. They won 20 to 17. It was a Vinatieri field goal game. But Ty Law opened the scoring for the Patriots with a 47 yard uh, interception return. So they got yeah. a defensive touchdown, which was huge. But I was looking at his stats, and so I think Brady is. I truly do believe this. I think he's actually beginning to show the, the signs of his age. I think it's starting to happen. He's still very good gets rid they of the were mentioning that time. about a few quarterbacks even like the 04 class they were like eli manning is benched. oh yeah he's old. like that whole philip rivers ben roethlisberger like they're yeah. all on their way out eli manning's 38 dude yeah yeah i know what well, i mean that fucking blew my mind <laughs> well i mean it's you know that was 15 years ago so he's probably 23 when he was drafted you know it's like he played all four years at mississippi so it uh yeah i mean those guys are getting old now you know so it's a uh a different breed the, the, the mantle, the torch is being passed, you know, and so now Rodgers will be the guy after Brady. Oh, and the legend of the NFL. Dude, that's what. My God, the coaching tree of the NFL. <laughs> We're all disciples of Bill Parcells and disciples of Tom Landry. Where our coaching tree comes from. This weird religiosity that the NFL has about their coaches is just preposterous to me, you know? A disciple? Get over yourself, you know? The, the religiosity and the war themes are just bizarre. But anyway, go ahead, Keith. I don't mean to. See, they're in the victory formation. Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say at that point. I just let you roll. The voice was fucking mesmerizing. Felt That's good. the NFL Films voice. It was. So yeah. the Patriots are taking the knee. They're 10-1. and one. With a team that's frankly not really that good. 
you know. It's the same fucking squad as last year that struggled <clears throat> that the both teams you know, but they barely have, scored a fucking touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, well, it, and, and they know what to, they know how to ugly a game up to win. They can win ugly games, you know. I just, Dude, Julian Edelman looks like he has pink eye. Well, it's just he's uh, all swollen and shit. Well, I think it's just like he—that's his eyes. He's he's an ever round eye, you know. <laughs> he's a he's a hero up there. I'm sure he's loved. You repli- when they lost Welka, I, I didn't know what they were gonna do, but you know, so I love Edelman. Edelman's amazing. Boom, there you go. Former quarterback that play last week against the Eagles. Oh, such a smart play. Oh, did just, Wes Welker uh, retire? Oh, I think he was forced into retirement because he was uh, beginning to drool. I, I think he had his bell rung. He a was, lot. yeah, he's got CTE. Like he, yeah, he was really getting his bell rung. That's the one know? guy where they were like, dude, you got it. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely. got you got the C. Oof. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez had it, man. I was watching. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was only 27 when he committed suicide. They did like an autopsy and did a cross section of his brain. And you show the end of it, it's all like brown and just decaying and dying. Dude, Junior yeah. Seau. He's 27. Junior Seau said he had a fucking headache from the age of 13 until right before he died. Some one <sighs> of his friends, he goes, one day I was complaining I had a headache. And Junior just goes, buddy, I've had a headache since I was 13 years old. Jesus Christ. Where He's you're like, a- dude. Yeah, I know. I know. It's what, you know, and he was, his brain, I think, had shrunk. Like, it literally had shriveled, like, by, like, 20 or 25%, or like, like substantial, you know, I think. We should look that up. That could have been a lie right there. In fact, you know something? I'm going to go with lie versus truth. <laughs> I'm going to call myself out for that lie. But I think, honestly, I do think his brain shrink, like, shriveled up when they did an autopsy. And, you know, yeah, he was crazy. He was my age, you know. He also Portland played is a long way years. from L.A. <laughs> There we go, Tom. The, look at him. Look at him. Oh, he's just so in control. He knows what he's doing, Tom Brady. Oh, that's more New York than Boston, I think. So New York, a, 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 New, a New Yorker who's a fan of Tom Brady. You know, oh, God. I'm sure they exist. There's of course people, they do. There's, there's fans across the entire country. Who are just fair weather enough to where they're like the Jets and the Giants blow. Um, or a kid who just yeah. doesn't know a good giant Jet yeah. team. So he's yeah. like, fuck it, I'm a Patriots fan. They're, what, three hours away? Yeah. You know, and, and they're, they're a national team. You know, I mean, I'm sure this game's getting very high. We ratings. have fucking national brand. <laughs> I don't think it anything uh, shrank, but he did have fucking CTE. Yeah, he had hardcore CTE. Well, how did he kill himself? Did he? Did he, do- he shot himself. He shot but himself. But in the chest, he did it like in the chest. Oh. To, so you could look at his brain. Oh. Well, you, you know who else got that was Dave Dorison. Dave Dorison, it was a very good safety. And Dorison was like, "This, I did this because of football." Yeah, like he straight up was yeah, like, "This yeah. is because of football." Yeah, he knows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, all, that that there was a frontline, do- you know, documentary done about it. And it's like of all the people who have tested for CT, it's like, yeah, this is you know, th- it's happening. It's a real thing. You know, all those folks who died, those folks, just those folks who died, those former players. That's the new woke shit to call people folks. <laughs> Trans folks and gay folks. folks. We love them all. <laughs> Fuck. Come on, folks. It's like, do you call gangbangers folks where I come from? <laughs> folks from the, up, you know, folks? those folks. <laughs> What's up, folks? What up, folks? I want to live back in the day, Keith, and I've said this before. I'm sure we could dig this out of previous podcasts. I, I want to live in the time when black folks used to call each other Jack. 
I think those. You, are I think you have mentioned that once before. Because it's pretty cool. It is know? cool to say Jack. I think I'm, I threw out a Jack a couple a couple days ago. <laughs> a couple sets ago, maybe. I, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna put it on stage. I think. I, come on, Jack. You we, gotta <laughs> say it when you're like in, in on a roll. Yeah, yeah. When exactly. you're just like when you're getting a laugh break and you're just like, oh, I looked him in the eyes, Jack. <laughs> come on, Jack. George Carlin used to say Jack. <laughs> Ain't that right, Jack? Well, I think Manson said Jack. <laughs> Oh yeah, he seems like a Jack guy. Come on, Jack. <laughs> and dig, you dig, dig, dig. Yeah, Jack. But Jack's. I mean, dude. I said dude a lot and man a lot. I but I didn't say Jack. And Jack is cooler than both of those. I just feel like like late seventies. Those are your regrets. <laughs> if Crocius could go back and change one thing, it would he would call more people Jack. Jack as opposed to dude or man. I used to overwork man way too when I was like late teen, early tw- oh man. Come on, man. I kept saying man a lot. Man was my word, you know? But Jack is a cooler word than man. Ain't that it's that K. You know, you know, cake is funnier than pie. Come on, Jack. That's some cold shit, Jack. Give me five, Jack. That's where I would go back to when you when black people were called blood and fucking <laughs> and hey, what up, cool, cool blood? Come on, blood. Jack was involved in that too. Yeah, because they used to say Jack. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Because Jack's cool. It's a cool expression. And when like black dudes were named like Spider and shit, <laughs> like from the neighborhood, like seventies. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. That's right. Spike came over. You going over to Cool Jackson's house? <laughs> you know, we're gonna turn it to the CFL. Oh, dude, this gonna is gonna do. be fucking. This is gonna be Amos and Andy before the hours out. <laughs> we need to back this oh, yeah, off yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna get bad. But I do think it, Jack. Come on, Jack. You know. See, it, but you can't say it like that. like that. Okay. You just gotta be like, come on, Jack. Like, try Listen, and say Jack. it like Adam Crocious would do it. Listen, Jack. You shouldn't do that. Exactly. There come you on, go. Jack. You nailed that. You know. And it's like. But <laughs> I is feel this like high school. Oh, this is the Grey this is, Cup. This right? is the Grey Cup. They're this is in two Toronto. Teams. No, no, no. They're playing this in. Um, I think it's in. Oh, it's in Hamilton because uh, Hamilton is one of the teams in it. There's okay. nine teams in the CFL, and you actually play. I think at the team with the best record, you get them in their stadium. So this is the Grey Cup, and, and Winnipeg. Winnipeg's actually got a pretty good offense. They beat Calgary last week. It was seven degrees. It was so cold. You could see the the field was completely frozen solid. They were playing on AstroTurf. So so Winnipeg... Winni- Canada would still have fucking AstroTurf. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, it's it's expensive to manage those fields, you know? I remember the days of AstroTurf. Those are the stadiums I grew up on, Keith. You wouldn't think the Lambo Leap would be that hard, but when you see it in commercials like this, they really struggle. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> it's just athletes are that athletic. Yeah, they can jump like two feet like, higher and stuff. Even you know? a simple like it's what, a seven foot wall? You should be able to yeah. get that as a regular mobile human being. Yeah. Yeah. But they absolutely. struggle. You get chin high and you're just like, you well, gotta, you gotta when like you're climb 30 your or 40 up. pounds overweight, that's gonna be a problem. You're gonna yeah. struggle. You gotta get fit. I tell you what, man, I was... Uh, you can't do it like Antonio Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Butler. God. Leroy. God. Yeah, what, a, what an annoying team. Donald Driver. Well, he, but he, back then it was like Antonio Freeman, you know, like Bubba fucking or Mark Bubba Chimura. Franks, Chewy. Chewy was Chewy raped a uh, uh, yeah, he's a rapist. No, yeah, he and he got flat out busted. He he and Far were good buddies. They were party party boys in their twenties. Oh, and they I, snorted I, pills off many surfaces in the nineties. Oh, uh, I, I think like in ninety six when when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think Favre was just bombed. Like, I mean, think of the '85 Bears when they went to New Orleans. Like, it must have just been a giant 
party. It must have been so much. I guess they would bump into Patriot players on the on like Bourbon Street, and they'd be like, "Yeah, the Patriot, oh, we're gonna beat you." And they'd be like, "You're not, you're not gonna you beat us. The There's no way in hell you're beating us." They could have played that game roofied and, <laughs> and still beat won the by Patriots. five touchdowns. I mean, that, I remember watching that guy. The Patriots went up three nothing, and people were like, "What?" Oh like yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was a victory. Because <laughs> yeah. well, because the, the Bears had shut out both teams they played. I remember watching that game with my buddy Matt Palm and, and Andy Reinecke. I was 16 years old. I was changing friends in high school. That that big phase. You, you were transitioning. You were yeah, going yeah. from like slightly dorkier to like not popular, but like cooler. I'm, I'm kind of done with you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You were done with them. Yes, absolutely. Better than. Yeah, you know, which is kind of. You think about well, that. That was it a happens. good clothesline. You see that clothesline, dude? That they allow the clothesline. I think in the CFL, it's the circle of friendship. Though at some point, there are just people where you're like, dude, you're kind of lame. Yeah, like you're lame. Like if yeah. I keep hanging out with you, I'm not going to do anything all look, high school. I, yeah, absolutely. Look at this. Look at this clothesline. Look at this clothesline. This this XFL gives, shit right here. Yeah, this is he hate me. That's shit. a pretty good. That was a pretty good clothesline. You know. I think he got his. It looks like washing. It looks like two college teams playing. Well, I know their uniforms. Are, no, I love the CFL. Seriously, as far as a product goes, this is what. An, oh my! Look at that. That's a totally. That's a legal hit. <laughs> yeah, they clearly off. don't. They don't have helmet to helmet here in the you CFL. Know. But what's good about it is, it, is it, it it's got a flow. The game has a flow. They don't interrupt it by some Cletus, you know, robot or some commercial where right. everything is just like you well, can actually watch the game. To be fair, they probably can't afford some sort of robot to come in, yeah, you know, and that, do it. That's true. Uh, the median salary for a CFL player, uh, eighty two thousand five hundred dollars. See, a year. there you go. And you know something? I make more money than that. <laughs> actually, a, a lot more. <laughs> I wonder if some of these players have to have other jobs. Oh, 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 absolutely! I'm sure they do. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's or what, just don't they live extremely modestly? Like you, you live middle class playing in the in the, in CFL. the CFL. Yeah, I mean, I think the highest paid player makes like four hundred grand a year. The Vikings wanted to get the the CFL MVP. Your Johnny Manziel's make four hundred grand a year. Well, he, he doesn't make it in the league. He got he got kicked out of the CFL. That's what a fuck up he is. He got kicked out of the CFL. I mean, and, and they're, they're relatively they'll give you a second chance up there. Yeah, and his game. That's where Flutie actually played. Very, Flutie was Moon. great in the CFL. As Warren, Warren Moon, when I was a kid. Warren Moon played for like 10 years in the CFL. Well, he played like six or seven. He did. He was and, a vet when he came up in the NFL. And, and, he, and he won like four Grey Cups. I mean, he was the best player in the league. But it was so racist, man. A black quarterback. I, I, can, I remember several conversations when I was a kid of just like, oh, like my relatives sitting around just talking how a black shouldn't run a football team. Was he like, mobile too? Or was he Moon, just a thrower? Moon wasn't as mobile as Moon had a cannon arm, a truly, true. When it goes on in the history of the game, he's one of the top ten in terms of arm strength. He had an absolute howitzer, Favre-like in terms of strength. So, you know, in your opinion, not in your opinion. So, when the Vikings got Moon, how pumped were you? Well, you know, or were you like he's old? Like, no, I mean, I, I actually, I, I was happy with the decision initially, but because uh, you know, Green, you know. I, to be honest with you, though, I, I knew it still wasn't enough for them to win at all. You know, I mean, w when I was pumped was when they got Moss. When they got Randy Moss, I knew uh -oh, that was instant, the, the, instant they're, juice. They're, they're taking like a real leap. They were like a, a ten-win team, a nine-win team. In fact, what, what I think the Vikings are right now are like they're one notch better than those early Dennis Green teams from '92, '93, '94. Mm -hmm. They're not a nine or ten win team. The Vikings at their best can win like eleven, maybe twelve games at their best. At their worst, they'll win nine or ten. 
So so they're like a notch better than that, but they're not good enough to win it all. They're simply not good enough to win it all. They don't have enough. Uh, guys have to be healthy. Thielen has to come back healthy. I think Harrison Smith has a bad hamstring too, That's one which thing is a bad Canada sign. doesn't do, and I mean, I guess they do it with the hockey arenas because it's more popular, but they really do kind of just say like, Fuck! Just we're leave. You're playing in a shitty stadium. Yeah, like we're not rehabbing shit. Well, it's just you know whatever. I mean, it's it's a different spending priority. You know, I mean, you're you're gonna have. I mean, in this country, we're giving us the bread and the circuses. I like the three men going in motion. That's another thing I like about the CFL. You know, it, it's a uh, look at that. It's 110 yards. They have a C for the middle of the field instead of a 50 yard line. It's a C for the center. The end zones are 20 yards deep, and they have three Oh, downs. yeah, because it's not even. You can't go 50-50. Like, you can't, yeah. Yeah. What's well, half of 100? It's He's 55. at the 56-yard line. It's the 55-yard line, so they just call it a C, and then they have a 20-yard end zone, and it's three downs. I think it's got a, a good pace. The guys are smaller. So, you know, it, it basically— <laughs> Guys got Elowet's tickets right on the C. <laughs> you know, and uh, there's nine teams, which is also a goofy Canadian there thing. There used to be Come more, on. right? No, no, I don't think— Maybe, but I think you got to fit like, one more team in. I think Come used on, to be like twelve. You should have ten. You got to have five in the east, five in the west. You know, British Columbia has a team. Calgary has a team. Edmonton has a team. Medicine Hat. Then there's Win- Winnipeg is the is the middle of Canada's team, and then you have like Hamilton, Toronto, Montreal, and then who's the wait? Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan are the, the Cleveland Riders, Browns. Baby. The, the Saskatchewan, uh, they are they're the worst team of the CFL. Saskatchewan sucks. And then who's the ninth team? I, I got Montreal. I, I got Toronto. I got Hamilton. I got Sask, uh, Saskatchewan. I got Calgary. I got Edmonton. I got Winnipeg. I got British Columbia. Sus- Saskatchewan's going to draft Bouchard who's, in the draft. Oh, I think that's it. That might be it. Is that nine? Can I count? I don't know. That's a, that's a throwback <laughs> to something you might remember. What? What was this? I said, the, the, I said Saskatchewan's got the first pick in the draft. They're going to get Bouchard. Who was Bouchard? From fucking the SNL sketch <laughs> when fucking... Uh, <laughs> It was like one of the first fucking uh, who's the the Minnesota guy that fucking got the Al Franken Senator, yeah. Him and the one dude would they would play a pong game, the pong game hockey, and while they were playing, it would just be them talking over. Did you see Bouchard last night? Like, and they would just do a joke version of like, yeah, he climbed, he skated all over the arena, even in the concession stands, and scored like it. Like it was just all the shit Bouchard did. So anytime, like two hockey fans. Yeah. So anytime. Oh, was it Franken and Davis? Yes. Yeah, the comedy duo Franken and Davis. So anytime yep. there's a good player or a team that's gonna get like a good prospect, I'm like, they need to get Bouchard. <laughs> yeah you know yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah I, mean, I, I think i got all nine teams but they, come on get a 10th team in there i mean you gotta have enough people in toronto to have two Dude, teams mls toronto's a, got eight million people mls you know? is about to have like 31 teams is that a good thing or a bad the, thing it's good because they charge a shitload of money to be in mls so just them creating teams that's how they're generating revenue it costs 250 million dollars to secure an, an mls franchise so for them they're making money by making these franchises because it's injecting money into the league what, what did uh, and they're and it's pre it's it's usually uh cities that have existing teams with existing fan bases like the this year it's going to be the new teams are Miami and Nashville and hmm. Miami's owned by David Beckham he threw a shitload of his yeah, own money into yeah, it they yeah. built the own stadium they built the stadium with private money it's going to be this huge yeah. pub I told you about it on the episode yeah. it's going to have parks and shit and they have like 30,000 person stadiums right is that basically the 20,000 is the minimum is the standard but there's places with more that's smart that's smart man yeah. seriously and you know it's an intimate experience it the makes fire it more just enjoyable. revamped their logo 
Oh, they did. Oh, and people aren't happy about it. I like it. Let me show it to you. Sure, absolutely. It's my background. There's some Grey Cup drama going on. This Winnipeg team's good. See it right there? They won on the road last week against Calgary. You see it right there? Uh, yeah, that is, dude. They still have a, a, a subtle allusion to the crown. Well, here, right? well that's the, and the fire, it's yeah. It's called the fire crown. Yeah. So this is the flames of the fire, and then the inverted yellow crown is the city triumphing over the fire. I, I, I like them, like, steeping it in history, you know? Yeah, steeping but it people in the don't like it. They think it looks amateur and shit. They also officially changed their name to Chicago Fire FC. Yeah, I think. So that, dude, you know what I watched on Friday, dude? I watched the first half of the Dortmund. Uh, is it Papelbon or pa- pa- there, there's a town 60 kilometers away? Watched the first in the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga. I'm telling you, man, it's fucking good. It, Bundesliga it, it, is good. It's good, man. I like watching it. It's and Bayern fun. is a little a little iffy up top. They're not dominating as hard as they used to. I mean, there was some major action. I mean, Dortmund's one of the teams, and they got, they got smoked. They were getting booed, and then there was like there were sarcastic rounds of applause because they gave three goals in the first half. They were applauding the other. I love team how you said it. there's Grey Cup drama. It's eighteen to six. Well, I mean, but they, they, they were firing up the team though. You didn't you didn't see it, man. It was like the captain was firing up the team. <laughs> you know, I I'm mean, also listen. putting some so in in the background or in the foreground here i'm putting on a little bit of wrestling oh boy <laughs> i gotta keep up to date there's survive this is a big event crocious it's survivor series i'm sure it's important absolutely it is important to me it's important to me Ooh, they got a blackhead coach in canada that's probably an issue oh no not at all this, dude no how about this don cherry well, shit well, why you, do you did think you follow that no well, why do you think moon went up there because they wouldn't he couldn't play down here because they were just like because it was so fucking racist i mean it, Anyway, but no, what, what did Don, Don Cherry, he's the uh, hockey guy, right? So they're in the British Empire, I guess, or what's left of it, because they did it in Canada. In England, they have this poppy shit where they wear poppies on your lapel. Absolutely. And I forget what it is necessarily for. It's just uh, some sort of nationalism well, it, it, shit. It was also a World War One thing that yeah. was done, so, know, I think, I believe. Someone wouldn't wear a poppy, and Don Cherry was like, if you don't want to be here... And you don't want to do this and not wear a poppy, then get out of here. But it made it sound like he was talking about foreigners. Yeah. And I, th- I honestly, and I usually am one to defend any sort of speech, so this yeah. could be bias coming from me. But I think he meant like you specifically, like if you don't want to oh, wear yeah. the poppy and you think you're like, but. I could definitely see how you interpret it as yeah. like he's yeah. talking about foreign people. Yeah. Like not yeah. wanting to be Canadian, God. which is funny because you usually place that kind of language in such like a racist American, but it's just like, hey, buddy, if you don't want to be Canadian, you don't want to drink our maple syrup, get out of here. <laughs> you know, hey, there, listen, this whole you nationalism thing, this nationalism thing is completely on the rise. It's a planetary thing. It's it's crazy. I mean, in the way it's manifesting. You got to fight the globalists. Well, it's. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're fighting the arc of history, my friend. That is a losing battle. This has been going on since the days of Marco Polo. Yeah, you have your little blip here. You're trying to fight back. You're gonna lose out. This is trillions upon trillions of dollars of business that have centuries of momentum behind it. We are integrating. Okay, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Okay, this is. Wait, how are you gonna? 
to stop that. That's foolish. It, it, it's foolhardy to even think that. I, I, they just put it out there because it's an easy piece of red meat for someone. There, that's right, man. We don't want foreign influence, man. Yeah, well, you, you don't want foreign influence, but yet the candidate you support is completely with foreign influence. It's incredible. Also, and it, it seems like such a hack. <laughs> it's way simple. To it's base. It. No, but like when right. they say like we don't want foreign influence, that's how this country was founded. <laughs> Yeah, of people like, moving people in. People yeah. forget about that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. nobody. We murdered the people who were originally here. Yeah, I know. Like, it's not like we're the these, load. It's not like we have our roots planted in North America. We're yeah. all fucking Irish and German and yeah. fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I French and everything. Yeah, the whole thing. You know, absolutely. Tiger Cats losing a player here. This is big. They're gonna. They're down further now. The ta- the Tiger Cats, like in Hamilton. Hamilton, I guess, is a completely working town. I think it's maybe a hundred and seventy five. Yeah, it's a total working man's town. Got a bunch of factories there. Like Hamilton, it's like the identity of the team, even more than like hockey. I think, because I, I think it's in the same province as Toronto. It's actually in uh, in Ontario. There's, there's got to be. I mean, come on. Windsor can't have a team right across from Detroit. You know, it's like you got to have one more team there. Come on. It was a good little screen pass. Yeah, yeah look at this. He's going to get the first down. Winnipeg's doing, you know, I'll tell you what, Winnipeg's playing well. You know, they they are. Uh, they're, I love how you know that. Like, you're just like, dude, I've, I watched them play two weeks ago. They're definitely on the rise. And well, this is the, these are the, <laughs> these are the, you this think, is the life of a single man. Do so. you think. That the winner of this game could beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. It would be a game, dude. I think it'd be a game. Because, yeah, I, I, th- you know, that's a. Well, look at their offensive lines. They spread. It's, it's really a different type of game. So I don't know. I mean, a few of these guys are definitely good enough to play in the NFL. They're, they're C- was Hicks? Hicks for, for the Bear, but Bears played in the CFL. You know, I mean, he played. I think that's where he first started playing. He probably fucking dominated. I'm sure dude. he was amazing. You know, but he's. He, I can tell you, him being injured is a big. What did he hurt? Is it his hamstring? I don't know. Because he's. I think something like that, and then Trevathan's out too, which is big. Uh, that's Nick big. Kwiatkowski has been filling in nicely. I think he's been decent, actually. He's been, but them losing Hicks, you know, it's like he makes everything work, dude. You know what? With, with you, that D tackle DN combination is lethal. When you, you know truly what? have a great DN and D tackle, you can do things. Do you know what they're eventually going to have to do as far as like limiting injuries and load management? Is there's going to be a time where every position is you just rotate it, where the team has two quarterbacks that are really good. And when your one quarterback looks like he's going down, you like you do it like hockey. That, that'll never happen. Those rock these cement to, head though. football it coaches. Needs to, though. Just, no. This is the way it's been for a hundred years. When when you're a disciple of Bill Walsh and a disciple of Tom Landry and Don Shula, you would never change the sanctity of this religious holy experience as I chase Erwin Rommel around the North African desert and crack his skull on El Alamein. I'm a football coach. Don't don't mess with the tradition of the NFL. These, How dare you? These were men that thought minorities should drink from separate water fountains <laughs> but bleed together on the gridiron. In battle. In society, not be integrated whatsoever and not realize the toxic effect of that. Perpetuating a bigoted structure and putting someone in a subordinate position. But they bled together in battle. 
<laughs> like romanticize. Well, they had to do that because the Cold War. They I mean, called their black teammates <laughs> boy for 40 years. God. I mean, oh, wow, it's so rough. Boy's a bad one. You know, seriously, I think, honestly, I realize the end bomb's worse. Boy's pretty bad, though. It's demeaning. Oh, it's, it's emasculating. You're cutting their nuts off. It's just so like, ugh. Cutting their giant balls off. And well, just like, you know, and doing that repeatedly over and over again. I've also heard, because I asked someone very frankly, I was like, dude, what's up with the problem with homophobia in like the black community? Yeah. And they said, uh, they were like, dude, they were like, you have to understand what would happen. Yeah, come on, listen. Oh. They were like, you have to understand like all black men have in this country is their masculinity. Like we literally have had everything stripped from us. Like there's no dignity. Like all you have as a black man is that you're a fucking man. He goes, so when they see gay shit, it's like, you're not a man, dude. Yeah. Like you, well, what you're doing is some not man pussy shit. And like, that's why they're so weirded out by gay stuff. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this much. I mean, it's just like, I had a buddy, <laughs> D- Dave Balutansky. One of my early friends Davey at comedy. B. He was hilarious. Hey. Bang. Bang was his nickname. Excellent joke writer. Very good. Had he some moderate success. Yeah, had some moderate success. Went to like, uh, was on Friday late night, I think, when he was in New York, like in the early aughts. Late Friday, or you late, mean? Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah I remember that. The show was on at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, he, and you do like six minutes. You know, yeah. you, they have like five comics or and four And they comics. would rotate hosts. Like I remember Greg Proops hosted an episode I watched one time that like Blaine Kapatch was on it and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, but but uh, but my point is uh, with that, he had a joke about, you know, we heterosexual men, we like women who have bows in their hair and smell like perfume and are, oh, so dainty. He said, a real man fucking bends you over and fucks you in the ass. That's a fucking man, actually. He can drink more beer than you. He can fix a transmission. He's going to bend you over and fuck you right in the ass. Be honest, though. <laughs> That's actually... <laughs> Even though you think it's like a pussy thing, how much quote-unquote toxic masculinity was around back then? Like, dudes were aggressive, right? What like, do you mean? Like, when you say back then, meaning like what Like what in the 90s, like when you started doing comedy, like would you say it was like... Like looking back on it, where you like, yeah, we were a little aggro around chicks back then. I, I, you of know, like, hey, baby. <laughs> like just the idea of like you just guys, you guys are loud, you're inappropriate all the time. Like, was it worse back then compared to now? Like, are you like when you're around a bunch of dudes and there's a girl there, are you hesitant to be like, well, let's not fucking be gorillas. Like, let's calm down because. It's a good question, Keith. Very good question. Your post is a smart question. I mean, I, I guess when I look back on that time, you know, I was such a nerd and such a dork that I wasn't around that type of guy. But I was, obviously, I observed some stuff. Yeah, the, there was but definitely just like, like, yeah. But just even that bit where he was just like a real man fucks you in the ass. And it was just like, oh, I bet that's something he would talk about in bars all yeah. the time. <laughs> like just that energy all the time where you're just like, calm down, dude. <laughs> really interesting. Interesting. But here's the thing about it. Yeah, what I noticed the biggest difference is that it was, I mean, people said the F-bomb for gay folks, gay men all the time on stage. That was said a lot. We're into the surfing. Sports is coming to a close. We'll see what's coming up on the movies. We got still a little bit here. You know, I think we got football night too. Oh, no, we got football night. Oh, the the Niners are playing. Niners and Cowboys and a pack. Sorry. Oh, yeah, they're Football is a good conversation starter too. This has been a good episode. We're at 36 minutes here. Absolutely. It's been going well, but. Yeah, the whole like uh, the the uh, 
that that's one of the biggest differences I see in this scene. It's far more accepting and tolerant of gay people, and and, and, and you know something, that's a good thing. It, it's made me it made me confront my homophobia and frankly get over it, you know, and well, just and I mature think out it, of it. I just call it maturing. Also, out of my I think the big step you know? is acknowledging that that shit is homophobic. Oh yeah, that's like, mean spirited and like cruel. Back you then, know? when you try and call it out, they'd be like, "I don't hate gay people," and it's like, yeah. "Dude, no one's saying you do, but yeah. what you're saying is not." cool <laughs> no i know i know yeah <laughs> like you're just not being cool right now yeah, man yeah exactly this is close encounters of the third kind a which... movie that i didn't appreciate until later in life i always thought this movie was boring because i because i was an et guy so i was just like yep. dude et is so much more entertaining than this fucking movie yeah but, but this was a fucking mind it's weird how like et is so much more technologically Advanced, advanced five years later but it's not yeah it's not that big of a gap oh i think it's five or four years absolutely yeah i mean there's a there was a real leap man uh that that caliber of filmmaker at that time in the 70s because the studio system obviously had died off this is no great knowledge so i think directors got a lot of power to do kind of new creative innovative things you know and so it was like a lot. Obviously, there were great directors that came out at that time, and Spielberg was absolutely he. He has finger on the pulse on the suburbanization of America. Like these movies were very much geared towards finger suburban. on the pulse and a finger on children's well, anuses. I don't know about that. Who knows? But I can tell you this much: in '82, I mean that summer of '82, that's when he solidified himself as a god because he had Poltergeist and ET. But what I will say, I, I, what I like about this, he made Jaws. This was his follow-up to Jaws, and they were both monster hits. And this movie was vastly huge. different. Yeah, very different movies, absolutely. But uh, but I saw this uh, movie in the theater twice. I loved it. I loved this movie. How old were you? Teens. Oh, right? no, dude, I was nine years oh, old. Oh, you were nine. It was 1978. So, I was nine you're, years so old. this is the age where you have to get your parents to take you. Well, I went with my brother. My brother was 14. This is the 70s, dude. This is while he's trying to kill you frequently. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this much. There was an element of physical intimidation that was a fundamental component of my relationship with my brother that was always right below the surface where he could just, out of the blue, wrestle me to the ground. You know, that would just happen sometimes. What a suburban setting this movie takes place in. Very white flighty. Absolutely. I mean, he understood it. He rode that wave very well of like, you know, suburban movies is going to go for a suburban audience. And this, E.T. is that in spades. E.T. is completely that, you know? Also, a town like this is something where, A, it seems plausible that something like this would happen, but it would be easier to keep an alien secret in a small town. We're like, in E.T., like, yeah. it's easier. To, in a suburban kind of setting. Yeah, like, if you have E.T. in New York City, you'd be like, how the fuck is this dude riding around on a bike in Brooklyn with a fucking alien on the basket? Where, like, in whatever town E.T. takes place in, you could be like, well, yeah, there's nobody in the, It's the quiet suburbs. Of course he yeah. could get away with having an alien in his room. Well, that's what I always find ironic about the suburbs is people move there to be safe, to basically get away of, get away from Dude, people of color. you can butcher some people up in the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, they don't hear your screams. You know what I mean? You're separate from people, which is part of the reason why everyone went out there. But interesting. So what is he trying to build, his little monument for well, the aliens? Well, what it is, it's actually Devil's Tower in Wyoming, which I've been past. Shortly after I saw this movie in 1980, I took a trip with my brother to Yellowstone Park, went through South Dakota, went through Wyoming, and this is Devil's Tower, which is this famous... Wyoming's got weird geography and like geology. It's crazy, you know? So this is just a vision he keeps having in his head. He doesn't know what it is when he, after he saw the aliens. It's just in his subconscious. He can't explain it. So he's actually building this from like material from his backyard and stuff. And, and his family just is leaving him because he's obsessed with it. He was doing it with mashed potatoes. He's become obsessed with this. And he's kind of losing his brain a little bit. 
But then this is a key moment in the I love how you could tell how crazy he is because he's dirty. Yeah, exactly. You know? He has not showered. Well, that's always a, that's always a state, man. But my buddy, my buddy, my cousin who's a psych tech in a, in a, in a you know, dealing with mentally ill people, doing it for 30 years. The first question they ask when someone comes in how is... How long has it been since you shower? Or how many days a week do you shower? Yep. I think that's how that's yep. a thing for depression, too. Yep, absolutely. Like they say, how many days a week do you shower? And if it's less than three, you're depressed. Yep, absolutely. I totally can see that. That makes it... Yeah, it's like a threshold. So here is... Uh, this is a key point in the in the movie because he's still trying to figure out, well, geez, you know, why am I... He's on the phone with, uh, I think, this woman who's... Uh, let's put it out here a little bit. Oh, yeah, the government lies and said there's a chemical spill to get people away from that location because they know that's the crossroads where all the spaceships are going to come in, you know. This is pre-Dreyfus talking like this, really, too. <laughs> he was actually acting. Oh, you can hear it a little bit still. I am Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I have it in my living room. I guess he's supposed to be a real dick. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he, he just, seems like a cock. He could be. He just is a real asshole, you know. Just like it's. See it's, where he goes away now, because you see that they talk about the chemical spill. This is also like the government can't be trusted, man. You can't trust it. it's lying to you because they know there are aliens out there and they don't want you to know. It's more like the left wing mistrust of the government versus the right wing mistrust. Of the yeah, government, is that the know? subtext of this movie? Well, that, that's one of the kind of story. Yeah, a little bit. It gives it a bit of attention, you know. I mean, the true story is. He basically Listen, that, them interacting. Jet fuel cannot melt steel. He's well, he just also to lay down all these conspiracies on him, and he puts it within the human story of just like how would you actually react as a person, you know, if you came in contact with this. So, see, this is he where gets he, the last laugh though, because everyone see, sees the aliens at the end of this, though, right? We see that this is where he realizes the connection between oh, this is where he has to go, and then that's that's a woman that he's befriended, whose kid was sucked up into the void. She was in Magnolia. She was the wife of the guy who sexually abused his daughter, the same actress, or same actor, I'm sorry. And, and so they have a connection, so they know, oh, they got to go here because they're being, they're drawn here well, by the Well, this is the end of the movie. That's where the aliens go. Well, well, yeah, exactly. So this is, the, this is the page 60 of the script where now it's like pivoting where you know, okay, now this is where we have is to this go. This is what they call the break into three. Yeah. Is that what it is? Break into, what, what, which just means like, like breaking into the third act. Yeah, probably, you know, it's the breakthrough. He puts it together. He really did a detailed job. Yeah, I know. In like, in like, I don't know, a day. Oh uh, yeah, a good day. <laughs> well, he was wor he was an artist. When we man. started talking about this movie, he was ripping the fencing from someone's garden out. <laughs> yeah. And then, literally, the next scene was him having an exact replica grass, rocks, <laughs> snow, and all of. God, Devil's this reminds Peak. you of traveling in the seven, taking road trips with my family, having to get a map out. Like a map was like you needed a map. Yeah, where you might crash thing. the fucking car because you're being a psycho. <laughs> he's got two maps, multiple maps. <laughs> well, he doesn't know where he's going. You know, but yeah, this was a. I've uh, never driven a car in my life. <laughs> I'm from New York. You got know? the shagging wagon. See, Moorcroft, Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming is a, is an interesting state, man. You got good skate parks out there. They do. Yeah, that makes sense. They have the space to do it. Holy Christ. By the, by the way, these cars, these caliber of cars are like my childhood. They're boats, I just, dude. I love them. Well, that's the reason why I had a Plymouth Fury 3. That's one of the things I want to do, Keith. If I can actually make some money out here, one of the only indulgences I want to have is I want to buy a Plymouth Fury 3 again. You can buy a good Plymouth Fury 3 out here for like 6000 I could do it now, but it's really bad for gas mileage. I mean, it's, it costs a lot to fill it up. 
it would probably add an extra hundred bucks a month to my life. I can't do it. But I want to get one of those again. My grandpa had a again. 1975 Cadillac DeVille. Oh, those things were the doors were like when I tried to close it from being eight years old. It was like all of my body weight, like oh, like I had to totally pull Dude, on it. You know, I remember if you closed that door and it didn't shut all the way, you had to like run into it like a tackle dummy to like close it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the hull of a fucking ship. I mean, the auto industry got destroyed by the Japanese in the seventies. It got completely I don't yeah, say but gutted, also but you shouldn't be making heavy metal cars like that. Yeah, it's it's not safe, but it's very American. It's very much like you can. This is part of you having the well, good. Well, it might be life. safer. It's just not efficient. Those cars are so heavy and they sucked out gas. I, I think from a safety point of view, two, two of those getting in each other and crashing head on. Everyone was going down. They're gigantic. Yeah, you machines. Can get all stabbed up and cut oh, up and shit. Window and the steering columns and your sternum and crap. It's like, you know, I think that. Oh, there's Carl yes. Weathers. It's Carl Weathers. Dude, my grandpa's Cadillac. Apollo yeah, it Creed. Is. My yep. grandpa's Cadillac had like a 350 big block in it and shit. Oh. Like it was, or like a what? 450. Like if that engine came up into you, you're getting crushed, dude. You know, some those engines, that's like a borderline. Like, like tanks are like one or two notches stronger than that. Like, that's how strong that engine is. It's like a fucking giant engine. I had a, my Plymouth, Plymouth Fury, the, the Mopar engine, they had three Mo, a, engine sizes. They had a 318 V8. Mopar a, is a, like a, Hemi shit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a Dodge Chrysler product. Uh, cop cars were Mopar cars because they could go fast. You know, they were a fast car. But they had a, the 318, the 383, and I want to say the 427. That's how many I cubic inches it was. He has pigeons. Well, he has them because he wants to see if, like, the, the the government is lying, saying there's a chemical spill just to get everyone to move away, which, by the way, the entire state of Wyoming is on the <laughs> is on the train track right now because there's, like, there's 300,000 people in 1978 in Wyoming. Anyway, it is... Correction, it, I have these pigeons because they are my friends. Well, he, he bought them because he wants to make sure... It, if the chemical spill is real, the pigeons will die first, so he'll know to get away because he's still maybe believing in the government. But he's like, no, they're going to fight through because they want to see where these... Uh, these pigeons are the only things that will speak to me. Everyone has shunned me out of their life, including my wife. <laughs> he also had a severe coke problem, I think Dreyfus did for years. I can years. see that. Bad coke head actor. <laughs> Got like a, a perm, like trying to hide that he's thinning. <laughs> The, the man perm of the late 70s and very, like 1980 was like the man it. perm. Christopher Adkins in Blue Lagoon had a Didn't man Leif perm. Didn't Leif Garrett have a fucking perm? Of course. Perm? He was like, he was one of the first like like sex symbols. That it, it upset what me that girls th- liked was him. Was he and an actor like first or a musician? What came first, the Leif or the oh, Garrett? Oh, no. He, <laughs> no, what came first was him strumming a guitar and crooning. He was a singer and he was a... Musician. What's the sing me a Leif Garrett? Hit. God, I, have, I, I don't remember his hit. I just don't remember it. You'd you'd hear it if you'd know it if you heard it. it All wasn't... I know, you know what, what brought Leif Garrett to my generation's attention? What? There's an episode of Behind the Music where he fucking confronts the dude he paralyzed in a car oh, yeah, accident. Absolutely. And they had that moment on Behind the Music, and my yep. generation just made fun of him for it. Really? Because he cries like a bitch in front Absolutely of him. Absolutely, does. Because because he almost killed the guy and he well, ruined his life like, forever. It's I get that, but the dude is just like, it's all good, dude. Yeah, the guy was actually pretty He's cool. He's just like, him. it's fine, man. Like I get I get puss. Like I got a girlfriend. <laughs> like I'm good, dog. Yeah, as opposed to me, who's in a mental wheelchair. Also, he you know? says like, yeah. Also, he says that. I guess the dude who's crippled says that if that didn't happen to him, he would have stayed on drugs and died. Yeah, yeah, he would have so been like a was total like, addict. So he says, like, in a way, you saved my life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
Well, th- that's certainly the healthy attitude and the philosophical approach you have to come to, I think, when when a situation like that happens. But I, I do think it's, I see here's when they really see the tower for the first time, back to close encounters. I need you to reach over and start tugging. God, well, <laughs> again, team, it, it was only 43 minutes in that Keith got Xy. That's a good one for you, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's good. It's my thing, though. It's it is, funny. You know, well. <laughs> you laughed. It's got moments. It's probably more of a nervous laugh. But no, they. Uh, this is a good scene. This is a good scene. It's revealed. The reveal of Devil's Tower. What they've been tri- going for is finally. Isn't this the Devil's music. Tower what fucking Brett Kavanaugh did to that fucking bitch? <laughs> what, what, that, that was like a sex move or something? Like yeah. I gave you the Devil's Tower? Well, I, I don't. Yeah, what exactly. What did he do again? Did he, I mean, he date raped her, right? Basically? Or? Yeah, basically they were at a party. He saw that she was super fucked up and he fucking like. Like pass out fucked her Ugh. I tell you which what Which is rape Yeah dude Which is very much rape th- That ha- I remember that being in the vibe sometimes When I was like, like 17 or Having 18. sex with someone who was dangerously intoxicated Wasn't taboo Yeah well that was sort of like Oh it kind of happened Good on you, you know? bro Or, or yeah. just No just it, it wasn't necessarily spoken about But it was like If it happened It was like Yeah it was on the hush hush You know it was I, I remember like being 17, 18 years old When I was you know a good kid and, and that that sort of behavior was just I remember just it didn't sit right with me I remember thinking it was like kind of wrong or that that vibe was in the air and I was never around when something like that ever happened uh, but I, I'm convinced that happened sometimes when I was oh, like, she looked you know, at the pigeons yeah I never understood this war between aliens and livestock that they try and create well no like no. that's always the first sign when there's aliens of just like all your animals are end up, are, end up dead no 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 you missed the plot line of the government lied said there was a giant chemical spill so they have those animal those uh, birds with them so if the birds die they have these fake animals that are they're dead oh they're not real yeah well, no, well I think he's right well I mean my point <laughs> that'd is that'd be funny we need to test them go we're gonna stop and try and eat one but but obviously they're setting this up to make it seem like oh wow this is an actual thing this chemical spill is real but they know the government's lying because there's gonna be this big thing so that's why they have those uh, the pigeons. pigeons but the pigeons are alive Pigeons are alive, so they know. No, this chemical thing is actually not true. And then you know they're the army because they're driving green vehicles. Yep, and, and they're this all dressed. This looks like the van that Cheech and Chong were driving made <laughs> out of weed. That, that's such a. The, the late seventies was the pinnacle of the van. The van was such, that, and like the chopper were two like seventies vehicles. I, I, to this day, a van is cool to me. My father had a van. See, and, a and that's different bed. from my generation because to me, a van is rapey. Well, to me, it's like, it's. <laughs> I wouldn't think about rape when I think of a van. Dude, I mean, child I just, molesters were driving vans. Yeah, I mean, I have, the, although I tell you what, my brother told me he would go to the drive-in and he, he was in high school and he'd have sex. He called it the sin bin. That was the name, <laughs> name of the van, called it the sin bin. Because he got laid when he was like 16, 17, man. That's Late, late 70s, That's you know, average. like That's young having back some good then, sex. Though. No, no, people, people were fooling around back then. Pre-AIDS? Dude, pre-AIDS was huge. Pre-AIDS? Uh, and it's Francis Truffaut on the left who created the whole French new cinema. Isn't that what it is in the, from the 50s? The dude on the right kind of looks like Dreyfus with a beard. Well, yeah. Well, it's that guy you who was You can tell in, the dude in the beard went out for the Dreyfus role. Yeah, and didn't get it. And didn't get it. They were just yeah. like, we'll give you fucking FBI agent. Yeah. Fuck you. And, and he, well, he's the guy from, uh, he was uh, Elaine's like boss in Seinfeld. Who's that guy? He is, isn't you know? he? Yep, Absolutely. 
And that's Francis Truffaut on the left, who was like, you know, famous French director. He made, uh, he basically made the montage sequence. Before him, there wasn't, there was never a montage sequence in a movie. And he was the guy who invented that as a technique to forward a story. And he did it with nudity, like a French fucking. He probably did. A tour. (laughs) Yes, and then we had sex. Lots of sex in Europe. Oh, Americans are so sexually repressed. So that was a. Are we recording a <laughs> podcast right now? They got the mic right there in the center of the table. They're doing what we're doing. Exactly. Right? They're mirroring us, you know. But here, here's something I'm going to do, okay? I don't mean to be. We're going to watch Lords of Dogtown. What is no. Lords of Dogtown? It's about the Dogtown and Z Boys, like uh, the skate. It's that's kind of cool. It's the movie version, though. It's basically the, uh, based on the documentary, but it's like Heath Ledger plays the fucking dude. Who founds the team? There he is right there. I'm He's not, behind though. I'm not dead Heath Ledger. That's Hell him yeah, right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's like Heath Ledger. That must have been a... I tell you what. That's 70s, Mitch Hepburn. That's Mitch Hepburn. Wow. I saw him at Zany's once. I know people who love him. and I, I didn't really You didn't get it? I mean, it's I super all... It's just real weird, absurd jokes. Emile Hirsch is in this movie. Check these out, bro. Wheels. Yeah, ma- making this a, sir. This was a game changer in skateboarding. I don't know if you're aware of this. So yeah, before yeah. urethane wheels, you used to fucking eat metal shit wheels. All, no, they were they were clay. Ugh. But anytime you hit a crack or a fucking rock, you, you fucking you ate, dude. Yeah. So the urethane wheel was a fucking breakthrough game changer. Yeah, it makes sense. You were <laughs> able to skate everything. It made street skating possible. Man, that whole. I tell you what, one urethane of those, wheels are what made skating its own thing because before yeah. urethane wheels, skating is what you did when the surf blew out. Like all these dudes were surfers, yeah. And after seven a.m., you just skated because like you can't surf, so we'll do these fucking wow. skateboarding. But then this made it like, fuck surfing, like let's skateboard, yeah, skateboard all, the time. all the time. Yeah, how crazy is that? I tell you what, man, it, it is a. Uh, um, I always was. That's one thing I regret, Keith. When I was young and I look back, like a, a certain subculture in high school that I, I wasn't, I couldn't make it into, a skate culture. Skate, skate culture would have been cool. It's I hard to crack regret. into that. You kind of have to be a dick. Like they're kind of dicky. But, but I think you also have to be good. You have to be yes, good at skateboarding. You can't, you can't be, even yeah. I never tried to get into like a, like I'm friends with Burger and I have a couple pro skateboarder friends, yeah. but through Burger and like I could hang as far as like. I'll bomb hills. I'll try some interesting shit, yeah, but I yeah. am not good. Yeah. So like I kind of what my one of my buddies told me is because I would get down on myself and he was like, dude, you ride your skateboard like you. He goes, every time I see you, you're on your skateboard. He was like that. You're a skater to me. Yeah. He, he was like, you yeah. ride your board more than people I know who actually know how to skate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I can ollie and stuff. And oh, I look can at these do chicks, man. These California skate, women. They call them skate betties. Of course. And there were women around the scene, too. You know what I mean? So like that—that that was something that was kind of cool about it. That also I just so pre-aids. You know, exactly. I mean, and I—I I, I never, but I never. I remember a couple. Davy Jones in my neighborhood. Davy Jones was a bit of a, a, a delinquent. He was a big skateboarder, hey, like school, in seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Were you guys? I'm gonna put you in Davy Jones' locker. No, <laughs> he was a year older than me. Here's what Davy Jones did. We lived in, you know, we, we were. When I look back on it, we were totally poor. When <laughs> I look back on two it, two people. Here, so we we lived in a uh, in a uh, a subdivision that was all townhomes. Townhomes. What subdivision. you hear in the background is shredding. Yep. 
So when we were, uh, so I lived in, in townhomes. So he was a skateboarder in that town. And there was a whole culture of kids around there. You know, there was a bunch of young kids. You play all the time. I played constantly. You know, so, uh, but he was, uh, uh, he's already did, there were all these dogs because you were so close to everyone else. This, this one family had three dogs in their backyard, which was inhumane. It was like three dogs for a space the size of double this living room. It was teeny. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It was At first, I was going to say, that seems reasonable. No, like, no. It's a teeny space. Teeny space. And they fucking barked all the time at all hours of the night. Two in the morning, they'd be barking. It was, it was horrible. Sensing a foreshadow. You know? and, and so what Davy Jones did with da- in the movie? What no. Da- with, what, Dave, what da- with young Davy. With Davy Jones, and he was a bit of a thug. He took a bunch of rat poison, put it on oh. a raw steak, threw it over the fence, and fucking killed the dogs. They all fucking died. They all ate it and died. Oh, and you know something? And Davey, you, know, but you, you were know, happy he did it. But you know something? You were happy he did it because you're a fucking psycho. Uh, some okay, people, some people were just like, you know. Okay, boomer. Some people were just like, uh, they were like, uh, you know, uh, no one called the police. You like that? <laughs> that makes you, know? you happy, boomer? I'm saying it made me happy. I'm, I know, you know, I'm just fucking with you. You're not even a boomer. I'm not a boomer, yeah, no shit. Oh, here we could talk about this. So we went to a show, we shared, and... I walked when in. When you say we, who's we? Me and you. Oh, oh yeah. We okay. went to our buddy Chad Briggs's show. Oh yeah. And they had this lady when I walked in. She was doing, I guess, what was a comedy bit. And I did get what the thing was. It was basically a survey. You stand up for yes. You sit down for no. And when I walked in, it was a little bullshit. Like whose favorite color is red? Yeah, yeah. Little inane shit. But then as it goes on, she basically gets used to people being honest. And then she starts saying like, who voted who wants Bernie Sanders to win who yeah. has said the n-word and stuff like that and I know the bit is to separate like who are the boomers who are the young people like <laughs> but it, it like made me laugh that she was like she she was like usually when I do this bit I was like is this a bit yeah I know or are you just doing a survey yeah I know yeah I know. <laughs> but you stood up when you said is, so, is your candidate someone other than Bernie or Elizabeth Warren and you stood up and I yeah. was like crows voting for Biden dude Oh no, I, I I don't. It's one of those two people will lose. That's Andrew the reason Yang. why it can't be. That's why it can't be. I'd vote for Buttich, man. Buttigieg or whatever. I'd vote for him. And frankly, if Biden was the candidate, I think he'd actually win. I mean, you got to vote for any Democrat. You, you, you can't you can't let this guy get reelected. It's just not. It, you have to get beyond. If Elizabeth Warren runs and she's the candidate, she will get. Destroyed. What do you think about she this impeachment shit? Destroyed. I haven't even been following it. Do you, are you? Do you know? To how be it's honest going? with you, I, I haven't really been following it much, but I, I know the, the majority of the testimony has been completely damning, just completely damning. And that's not just me reading my news source. It's like, no, I mean. So here's what I want to know: If he gets impeached and loses, does he have to leave office? No, 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 no. Here, no, here here's the thing, dude. The Senate has to vote on it. It has to be two thirds of the Senate that votes for it. So it's never going to happen. So when he, when it doesn't happen, he's going to run on that as a, yet another example of him taking on the deep state and winning and succeeding. He's going to portray it like it's this massive. Success. So they can't remove. So, there's there's no virtually no way they. Can. Well, if the Senate voted him out, and I don't, it would be unprecedented. There'd be like federal marshals would have to come in and arrest him and bring him they, out of the White House. They would have they to because he broke the law. Because they are playing up that like. A bunch of Republicans are turning on him, so maybe that's why they're doing it to give the illusion yeah. that he could be impeached. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, whatever. I, I, I haven't actually 
I, I with little of the testimony I've heard, it's pretty damning. I mean, it's he did this. He basically the whole thing withhold is quid that. pro quo, right? That's what they're trying to get him on. That like he basically told Ukraine, "I'll give you this if you fuck with the election." Yes. Yes, he's just opening, and, and also I'm going to withhold aid that Congress had already appropriated. Dude, you know? what a ballsy Which is move a, to do the same thing that you're denying that you were accused of in the first place. Well, I mean, he, like he's like, I can't have Russia fuck with this election, so I'll just go to the Ukraine. <laughs> it, it is, you know, I mean, it is, it's, it's how he's going to win. Do you understand that? I mean, the narrative is he has three ways of winning, which he has a good chance of winning. Uh, it is. Uh, it will be f- through voter suppression. They're going to do massive voter suppression, much more so than they've done in the past. They're going to try to suppress a good million votes, I think, in a lot of those battleground states are going to be pretty bad. Uh, they're also going to allow any foreign influence whatsoever, any country wants to influence, and then they're going to put a few third-party candidates out there, just a couple of them, like Jill Stein, just to siphon off some Bloomberg votes. Bloomberg wants to you run. Know, well, Bloomberg's don't, he's already, he's, he made his announcement today. It, it, he's going to do it. So it, it is, um, you know, he might have a chance of winning. Although the gun lobby will hate his guts, but you know something? At this point, someone's got to go in and stop. So Bloomberg this is running as a Republican, right? No, no, it's a Democrat. Someone can still do that too. You can contest Trump, right? Like someone, oh, absolutely. Like you, you William could, you Weld, could, the former governor of of Massachusetts, is running against Trump. So Trump's going to have to do a primary. Yeah, but it's going to be <laughs> destruction. Which yeah. when's the last time that has happened, though? When what? When that what? any incumbent has had to do a primary. Uh, no, it's happened a few times. Man, it has. Uh, Usually, it's just they Jimmy s- Carter got challenged by Ted Kennedy. And the, and then uh, George that was W. When Bush. Chappaquiddick happened, right? Well, no, yeah. Well, that Chappaquiddick was sixty nine. This was nineteen eighty, so he thought it was enough time away. But also uh, in ninety two, George W. Bush got challenged by Pat Buchanan, which is part of the whole Trump thing. It was that part of the Republican Party back then. He was representing the same kind of right wing populist stuff. Had a very racist campaign, and he challenged a, a old man Bush, you know. But he lost. But I yeah, love so how we got into this through Dogtown and Z Boys. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see how that, that that train of thought, why that happened, you know. So yeah, but that I, I don't Warren shouldn't be the candidate, and frankly, neither can Bernie. I got into a little argument with Alicia because I said that I was like, dude, he's gonna, he's gonna. I I kind of worded it where I said I think she's kind of a meek person, but she was like, is, this, her, is that Elizabeth Demornay? No, who is that? That is. I'm trying to fire it off mentally. Um, maybe. Um, but she was basically saying like she got through business school like in the 70s. She has she's a strong person. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to have a strong. And I, I agree with that. But I still think like not even as far as like cry or you're weak. I just don't think she can hang with the bullshit. He's going to sling. It oh, out. oh, dude, well, she's going to, he's going to come out wearing an Indian headdress. Like, here's, Oh, Pocahontas. Oh, here's, here's what he annoyed her is. I told her, I go, what's going to upset people on the left is I think you're going to realize this election. How be it's not about politics, dude. Like this is a popularity contest now. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, no uh, policies and I mean the Democrats got to get their head out of their ass about we're gonna have national health care for all. No 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 no. You will be de- you'll be de- described as a as a socialist. They're gonna come after your paycheck. Look at what we've done for you. We've cut your taxes. Don't believe this shit. And that's gonna play with a lot of people. So they can't they can't play that card. She will get eviscerated if she runs on that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Of course I think there needs to be some sort of government involvement. 
but in the, in, in the health, there should be a national healthcare system, but it's a losing strategy and he has to lose. So you have to run on things like, okay, trade, the, the farmers are getting killed on that. You also have to say, we're going to shore up Obamacare and talk up the good points of Obamacare. Like the fact that 26 year olds can still be on their parents' insurance, you know, the, the fact that you can get insurance if you have pre-existing conditions, like pound those popular dimensions Obama of it, phones. you know? It, it's, you can get a burner like the wire you know so the point is you have to be able to like talk up the good points of it you know and then also just say yeah we're not going to raise taxes we're not going to raise taxes but we're going to close loopholes on the rich that's what we're going to do you can run on that because you can then they, they come at you and say well in effect it's going to raise taxes no I'm not going to raise taxes but I there's so many loopholes that, that, that distort the market I always kind of look at it in the market that way too where you like you could tweak capitalism like you don't have yes. to totally do, do like this do? fully socialized fucking like I dig so I dig socialism, Jack. Yeah, but uh, I threw it in there. <laughs> Listen, Jack, <laughs> that's socialism. It's something. But I think you're more likely to just tweak capitalism to where the rich kick in a little bit more. We're not taking all your money because I do feel like I personally do feel like if someone makes fifteen million dollars, they should be able to keep most, if not all, of it yeah. and make the decision themselves. Yeah, if they want to give it to charity. And I think more, I kind of do think that if, but this is more changing the mentality versus lowering taxes. Like, I think if the rich were forced to give less and they weren't, and the the culture of being rich wasn't so assholey, they might be more inclined to like, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll fucking give to some fucking poor people. Yeah, well... I mean, listen, it's it's extremely complex. You should read I'm just this. saying that as yeah. someone who wants to be rich. So when I, if I do become rich, I don't want to have someone unearthing all of this shit. I'm just like, see, he used to talk shit about beating the rich and shit. Like, <laughs> I want people to keep their money. Like, I'm for it. I just think, like, I think you should want to kick it more. Well, yeah, well, that doesn't happen. So, I mean, the, the fact is, is that... Uh, you know, I, I, those two candidates, I don't think have a chance of winning. Uh, I just don't think so. If Bernie ran, what I would like about Bernie is I think Bernie could actually weather his attacks. I think Bernie Warren I, is, I the, is the is the is the is the fucking, ticket is, is the, the ticket because yeah. Bernie could fucking. I think hang even though it's two white old white men which because well, Bernie will be like listen Don what you're saying simply isn't true you've been doing this he would just be this, very matter the, the, of fact this 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 and then you, you, know. can, you can incorporate because she has a decent health care plan. No, it, it is it, the whole plan thing. That all, I think, all those big ideas. You talk about the things that are currently See, working. But the whole, I have a plan for it. Do you, or are you just saying that? Oh no, yeah, you have a plan. Getting it through is a whole other thing. Getting it through the process. This Obamacare. They, there's been fifty-eight. I think there's fifty-eight, maybe even more lawsuits that have been filed by various states that are against all these key provisions in Obamacare. They are fighting it tooth and nail in the court system it's simply it's too much fatigue it's too much fatigue you know so you can't do it you know it's just the timing is not right for it you say i'm going to shore up obamacare i'm going to do the the trade policy that you know there's so many issues they can hit him on he should also be pounded on his whole white supremacy thing that the way he handled charlottesville was so horrific and and the candidate who runs against him should just say hold on i gotta make this point the military came out with a press statement 
statement the Monday after the weekend of Charlottesville and was just like basically saying, hey, listen, you know, uh, we don't agree with the president, how they've responded to this because the military is half people of color, you know? So it's like when the military has to come up and make a statement like that, he should be, that should be rubbed in his face, you know? Even racial issue aside, because I think some candidates are afraid to get racial, you could just be like, dude, someone got killed and he didn't talk and he didn't freak out about it. And, and he didn't he didn't speak out against it. You know what I mean? It's like and the military. Ha- I mean, they believe that stuff about who the commander in chief is like. That's your fucking boss. You can even you know? make it that some is. sort of like we're all one like black, brown, blue or well, exactly, yellow. Exactly. A, a life was lost and you didn't do anything. Well, also, but, but, but the military talking like Hillary. Now. No, but what you also say is, is that, well, the military comes up, makes a statement basically calling you out the it's a sacred institution. They they're totally neutral, no matter who the president is. They are neutral. When the military has to come up and make a statement, you've made a big blunder. That is a mistake. So this whole idea of like, oh, he's a, he's the party of national security. Bullshit. They fucking don't like his ass either because he's a lunatic. You know, so I, I think there's so many different spots where he has weaknesses that could be pounded and parried and repeated over and over again that he can be picked apart on that. But they're going to go with, no, we need big booming ideas. No, 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 no. It has to be an indictment of him, too, in the way he's handling things and the corrosive effect of that. You, you also kind of have to uh, really catch him lying, like in a, yeah, in yeah, a way red, that looks yeah, yeah. bad to yeah, his exactly. face. Yeah, and you well, can. I I think his base that they have bought it hook, line, and sinker. You're not going to get any of them. What people have to realize with this election, the same six states that were the battleground states before, they're going to be the same battleground states this time. It's going to be a hard fought election. It's like those states. I guess he's leading in some of the polls. You know, so Hell yeah, dude, they got Aaron Rodgers. You know, up. they, they ate him alive. Uh, the 49ers have a very good defense. They have a very fast, quick defense. Bosa is a very good player. He's a very good football player. You can tell it's like there's a, he's he's a very good athlete. I think he's actually better than his brother. And his brother was great, you know. He's still a decent player, but he's been kind of injury prone. But this Bosa kid is one of their really linebackers good. was the pick after Trubisky. Look, look, look at this. Look at this 97 or there. or something. Oh, it was Bosa. I think it was Bosa. No, it was someone else. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, Bosa's for real, man. He's a very good football player. He wasn't the guy who made the play here. He came in at the end and kind of cleaned it. But their D-line, they can put pressure on you, man. I mean, they're they're fast. Uh, that, that People don't realize that about the 49ers. They got a very good defense. So, No, before, uh, Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas? Yep. That is a good old-school black man Plays name, defensive man. end. Solomon Thomas. So the Bears traded the three pick to go up to two, and they drafted Trubisky, too. And Miles Garrett, all helmet swinging Miles Garrett, is the number <laughs> one overall pick. What my buddy Brian McGann called him, thimble-sized brained Miles Garrett. They just scored. Oh, they recovered that. That was, a, that was actually a, that was a turnover. I thought they were going to call it like... I'm surprised. Well, there's oh, obviously no, yeah, that was a fumble. Yeah, this isn't being played in Lambo, so obviously that calls you know not going to be made that he held on to the ball or he was down or something. So this is actually being played on the road, which is somewhat fair. You know what annoys me about uh, the like f- the fans of the Green Bay Packers? Good? No, yeah. well I hate them too. Yeah, but about because they did a poll of they asked fans around the league like, do you care if your team wins or lost? Like, does that affect you going to the games? And like 70% of 49ers fans were like, yeah, we don't care if they oh, suck. God. That's, yeah, that's a weak California band, fan base in my opinion. You should, you should be upset. 
which I think lends to why they were able to move their stadium so far outside of San Francisco because it's just them being like, yeah, we'll go out there. <laughs> well, they're also going to go I towards money. I live in Palo money. Alto anyway. I mean, the amount of money up there is crazy. Like, it's crazy the wealth up there. It, they, it's truly I like think someone said wealth. geographically they should be the San Jose 49ers. Oh, yeah, they're probably like they're closer, closer there, to San Jose San than they are to San Francisco. I believe that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think they move like 25 miles away or something or south. I mean, pretty far. It's 30 plus. It's also because well, land is so expensive here to, to actually gather the land. I mean, you couldn't do that in San Francisco. A football stadium there, even on the old location, would probably be, I don't know how many billion dollars. The basketball stadium was a billion. 17,000 seat stadium was a billion dollars. You know, that's amazing. I think if they could have figured out, uh, I think the problem with building a stadium on the site is teams don't want to figure out a place to play for a year and lose that revenue. I I, I just, the logistics is a pain in the ass. You could, you know, what would be cool and it's not like totally feasible, but just say, fuck it, dude, we're going to play at, we're going to play at the college for two years. Well, that's what the Bears did. That's what the Vikings did. And then we're going to build a stadium on the exact spot. Yep where we did it and there's the land i have to admit it the soldier field with the spaceship i think is ugly but going inside the stadium it's actually a pretty good everything's good, closer yeah it, it's a good viewing experience actually it is it's a more where intimate the fire experience. are gonna play soccer they're gonna play they're gonna play there yeah they're not gonna play they, like out in the western no, suburbs they move back wow that's why they did this wow. new logo it's a rebrand man well you know they got to do what they do yeah, that, that, that's pretty incredible that the league has that. You see, the reason why I asked Look it, at it's expanding going, that dude, much. We're at an hour and 15 minutes. You know, but but the fact that they <laughs> the fact that they uh, have 31 teams. You see, the NASL failed because they expanded too quickly. You know, and so I, but but you know what I think is smart about this this thing it's is they're that, 20 years in, and they're also they have smaller stadiums. They've managed their economics much better, and they the have game some better is growing. Direction. Yeah, overall, like yeah. I think soccer is more popular than it was in the '80s. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, without a doubt, it was. You know, I grew up in the East Coast in the late '70s. There was actually a blip of soccer becoming a very popular sport. I think parents liked it. I played three years of organized soccer, so I have a sense of the basic rules and stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a much more popular sport than it's ever been. You know, which. Whatever, I think it's a whatever. It's part of the fucking. I like it, man. That Bundesliga, you watch those games. There's some stuff. strategies going on, man. I mean, there were some plays being. Your brother made. should be happy. Liverpool is about to win the fucking Premier League. Yeah, they still got half the season, but they're like nine points up. You know that's true. Uh oh, Lord's Dog Town. Is that Zach Dolorasha? <laughs> the lead singer of Rage. Yeah, yeah. I'm just joking. His hair and stuff. He's not obviously because he's like 30 years older than that guy. But anyway. Um, you know, so yeah, man, it just, uh, you know, uh, we'll see the Vikings had a buy this week. I'm glad they have a buy cause I think they're actually going to get a little healthier, which they need cause they're starting to get nicked up and they need to be all hands on deck. If they want to actually have a playoff run problem is they're not going to get a buy. They're not going to be, that's why the Niners have to win this game. No, that's why I think it almost, I always say you want to lose a couple in the middle of the year because look at that. The Green Bay Packers had 39 consecutive drives without a turnover. That's how good Rodgers is. The key, Crocious, you want to go into the playoffs hot. And yeah. you don't – You don't. I think the worst thing you could be – like if the 49ers don't lose a game for the rest of the year, I, that's not a good sign. Well, if they're, if they're then dominant. Because then yeah. you're – but you're due. Yeah. Statistically, you don't just run through the rest of the – like teams the don't playoffs. just – You don't yeah. just go 15-1, and one, dude. Yeah. Like you lose and teams that finish the season with one yeah. loss generally lose in the playoffs. 
Well, I mean, that, well, the Vikings were one of the first teams to do that, as were the Steelers of 04 when Roethlisberger's rookie year. You know, I mean, was Patriots got all the way to the Super Bowl. The uh, the the Packers were 15 and one that one year where they were going to go undefeated. They lost. They were 13 and 0. What year? Uh, that that would have been the year after they won the Super Bowl in 2011. I was very upset that year. It was ugh. I hate that. I when the pack is good, I don't like it. I actually dislike the pack. You know being why good I hate that year? Because the they beat the Bears in the NFC Championship yep, game, like absolutely. ten to six or something. Oh well, no, I like think that. it was a little higher scoring than that. But but you know, in that game, Jay the, Cutler got hurt. Yeah, because what's his face had to come. They had like a third Caleb string, Haney. Caleb Haney had to come in and play. And also in that game, they almost knocked Rodgers out. They they actually totally went after his head. Early in the game, in like a super cold game, See, too. Like I it was think ten degrees, five if degrees. If you would have, like how I said, bef- I don't know if it was before we were recording, but yeah. how, how Ryan Pay said it was the first time in like Bears history where someone said we're building around this quarterback. Yeah. I think if the Bears would have came out and said we're building around Jay Cutler, first year you had him, you went to the NFC title game, you build around that fucking quarterback. Yeah. Like I think if they would have played to his strength, like we're gonna go out, we're gonna get tall, lightning fast receivers because this yeah. kid's well, got a cannon. Easy to come by, man. And then I just think they could have built on that and then definitely won a Super Bowl. This San Francisco defense is fast, man. It's very good. They're it's, a very good team. They, yeah, they're Kyle actually, Shanahan is a really good coach, too. Yeah. I have to text my brother about this. I'm sure he's watching the game. Oh, is he a Niner guy? No, no. He's We're just football fans. Oh. No, he's a he's a chief guy. And, and then we're Vikings. We talk a lot about the Vikings. He's loving it with Mahomes. Well, he also knows though that, that I mean, he, that's the future. But this year, that it's not it's not their year. This year, they've had too many injuries, and just it's just not their year. But they, it's bright though with him. I mean, they're, they're going to have a couple of playoff runs in there before it's all through. Oh, you know? for sure, because he's pretty damn good. It's a decade of like of them being competitive, certainly dangerous. Borderline, you know? like it just not even. I'm not going to say like legendary, but like it's ten years of exciting offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean they. You know, they, but they've been nicked up. Tariq Hill hurt his hamstring again. Uh, they've been uh, they've been nicked up. Their by, defense is not good either. Oh, their defense stinks. It stinks. They it's need not a Mahomes. Good defense. They need Mahomes to throw 400 yards every game, or it's not. They're not going to win. Yeah, so they have to get a little more talent on the defensive side of things. You know, Frank Clark and that guy Mike is it Mike Jones? Is that his name? He's actually a decent D tackle, but their and linebackers are also, terrible. They're not. Say good. what you want about like medical research and like like advancements and shit if you dislocate your kneecap your knee probably is going to hurt for a year or two after oh, that yeah like it, you, when yeah. you get hit on the leg again it's not going to hurt less yeah 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 like no i know that, but it, but that's something that's going to affect him i'm not saying it's career ending but yeah. dude you dislocate your kneecap that's going to affect you for the rest of your career well you have to definitely do some steps of like strengthening it and stuff you know i'm sure there's got to be physical therapists by the yin yang they just a by the yin yang i just said that <laughs> <laughs> it's actually work on your knee to make it better because in the league the nfl players come back because they're tough they deal with the pain they aren't soft like andrew luck who just welcomed in this first First child, but that child will never have the privilege of seeing him 
aging in the NFL. What a weakling for a man not wanting to be concussed 35 times during his career. Because he's not tough. He's not a man. But he will have the privilege of $100 million. Yeah, exactly. He cashed out well. I think he went to Stanford. He's going to be doing just fine. He was on the tail end of a $100 million contract. Yeah. Like he got, yeah. he had to give back, I think, his, the salary for the season, but like he got out with like 60 mil. Yeah. I'm sure he handled it just fine. You know, he got beat up, man. I mean, he had, I think he had like, I think one and of his he kidneys retired. got lacerated, lacerated or something. I mean, they get ma- like major organs got hurt. And he know? retired, so he's getting a pension. Well, I think he probably got enough in the league, has enough time. I think you have to play in order to qualify it's the for Crouch the pension. Rule. It's the Eric Crouch rule, dude, because Eric Crouch retired his rookie year and I think got a pension, so they changed it after that. Well, I, I think you have to, I don't know how long you have to, I don't know, it's in like baseball. two years or something like baseball, that. In baseball, you get a pension if you play seven years. If you play seven years and pay into the, the pension, you'll get a pension. But I think in football, I, I don't know how long that is. I don't know. The how NFL, long. it's not great. I'm sure either. it's not good. I'm sure it's not Cause good. Because that's why a lot of these old fucking Joe Green fuckers can't fucking pay their bills they're yeah. like medical bills because they're i guess their pension is garbage and that's why they're at fucking hooters signing autographs yeah i know like 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 freaking what's his face to joe lewis like a greeter at you know john at daly palace. and shit you know hey it's joe lewis at caesar's palace yeah I mean, meanwhile i guess joe lewis was a big coke head the last decade of his life like old joe lewis in the 70s see this is this is me being a hardcore like trubisky fucking apologist where I'd be like, see, Mitch Trubisky ain't got 10 interceptions. Uh, Garoppolo is a better core. It isn't yeah, just the numbers, dude. I'm, it's not the I'm no- kidding. I know, exactly. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I hope because you got to realize that Trubisky uh, locks in on his first receiver and then that's kind of it. He hasn't met. They try to do the back. How often does he throw it on the middle of the field? The intermediate pass on the middle of the field. Like those run pass options. Well, and no, shit. no. I mean, just like when he's in the pocket and throws it in the middle, the middle of the field. 12, you know what? 50, he does 18. try and do that shoulder, not I'd say probably like thirty percent of the time. Yeah, it's not, not very often. That guy's a pretty good. Uh, I'm looking at their rankings and Pro Football Focus. You know, Greg Kittle, number one tight end. They say. You know, they're good, man. They've got some talent. I guess they have a really good fullback too. Yeah, once they you know? lock down some real good like name receivers, they'll be untouchable. Yeah, yeah they, they, they they have something. Well, Kittle is definitely one of the best tight ends in the well, league. Well, the tight end that. that's dude, and that's another spot where the Bears in general are hurt. Their tight end situation is dire, dude. Like the tight end, especially in Nagy's offense. Like Oof. someone was saying on the radio that Nagy's offense is kind of reliant on having a big tight end to block for you. Yeah. And they don't have that right now. They have yeah. big tight ends, but they suck. Yeah. Who are their tight ends? Adam Shaheen, who they dropped. Oof. And then now they have Kurt Broniker and this dude named Jasper Horstead. Who was that guy they had last year at a couple of tight, uh, touchdowns? Trey like, Burton. He's out for the season. Oh, man. Yeah. Trey Burton. And he wasn't yeah. even that good, but he was still like. Their starter. Well, and Trubisky and him had like a rapport, I guess. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. They, ooh, 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 grapple a fumbled. Oh, good. I'm glad San Francisco got the ball. Don't give Green Bay any hope. Don't give them no, any hope. No, and because the Bears, I have hopes because technically I'm playing the not mathematically eliminated game. Uh, which so is I a, need a the weak hand to lose. That is yeah. a weak hand to play. <laughs> Having done that many times myself, yeah. it is a weak. Yeah, the Vikings have a weak hand because they lost them. When they lost that game against Lam- in Lambeau, I knew they weren't going to be able to win the division. And that was the second week of the season, and I'm totally right. But anyway, I tell you what, Keith, I'm, I'm kind of running. Let's out of run steam, it down, man. dude. We're yep. at an hour twenty-three. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. Absolutely. We're going to finish fun. football off. We're going to finish each other off. <laughs> Finally, woo. <laughs>
Thanks right. for listening. Uh, we're not pedophiles. All right. And Epstein didn't kill himself. All right. Bye. <laughs>